Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, Suzanne Mariga. Suzanne, you are a certified profit-first professional. We're going to talk about that. Uh, you're a CPA. You're the managing member and founder of Mariga CPA, found on the web at marigacpa.com. Suzanne, thank you so much for joining us. Josh, thank you for having me. I'm really excited. So you guys are in the Houston area, right? We're in the Houston area, but we service all over the country, LA, New York, Texas, California, um, Florida, everywhere. And it looks like you work with a lot of business, a lot of small business owners. We do. Um, That is actually most of our clients. I would say 99% of them are small business owners, you know, the backbone of America. And, um, and of course we do their personal too, because they kind of go hand in hand. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good. I tell you what, I I don't like, as far as a podcast topic, I don't think we could do too much financial content, to be honest with you, because it's an area that can really freak out a lot of business owners. Um, I don't know that most of us, I think you see a lot of folks get into business and the numbers not often are their favorite things. I would say I could, I could speak for myself, Suzanne. You are absolutely right. You know, people that start businesses, they start businesses because they love what they do, right? They are amazing plumbers. They're amazing construction contractors. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the numbers are just, it's just not their zone of genius, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where, what what was your background? Um, you've been, uh, obviously, so you're looking, you're originally from Ohio area, right? Yeah, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Go Bucks! Okay. Went to Ohio State, and you know, my dad was actually an accountant. He had a CPA firm when I was growing up, mm. and um, when um, I was growing up, he hired me at the age of fourteen, child labor, right? And he literally taught me how to be his bookkeeper. So, literally mm. at the age of fourteen, I was working for my dad in Cincinnati, oh Ohio, <laughs> doing his bookkeeping for him. And it's interesting because when I went to college, I actually thought that I would be like a doctor, right? Because like every parent, um, I'm half Chinese and half black and every Chinese parent wants their kid to be either a doctor, lawyer, or engineer. And mm. whatever he said, you become, don't become an accountant because you'll work for a whole lot of hours and never make any money. And it was funny because as I was like going to school, you know, I was like, I don't think I'm going to be a good doctor because I took this class of phlebotomy and which is like drawing of people's blood. And literally I would miss veins. Like literally nobody <laughs> wanted me to draw money, like draw blood on their arm, you know, because like I would be fishing around the needle and no blood would come out. And I was like, he's like, you know, stick with it, stick with it. And I was like, you know what, if I stick with this, I'm going to hurt a lot of people. And immediately I switched over to accounting, just had a gut feeling that I was going to do good with it. And literally this is terrible to say you study less party more and your grades improve significantly. So literally it was what I was meant to do. Ended up having a great GPA, ended up going to like the number one firm in the country, Anderson. And later on, you know, started my own business when I had my daughter, because I realized that, you know, I couldn't really travel around the country the way that I was used to and things had to change. And so literally that's really what started Mariga CPA was, you know, that change of life that happens. Yeah. And how did you get your first clients? You know, it's interesting. You know, 
when I got my first client, you know, and, and our firm grew up in this really weird way. We have a large government sector. So we have some of the largest government contracts in the US, some of the biggest cities. And we also have a huge small business practice. And it was interesting because, you know, the government clients, they came more from my work with KPMG because I think you guys know the story about Anderson and and um, all the co- commercials that they had of like people were looking out the window seeing it's snowing, but it's actually Xerox paper that's like being shredded coming down the windows. You guys have heard those, those, those not so funny commercials for people like me. But, um, but later on, I went to KPMG and when I was at KPMG, I specialized in their manufacturing sector during the summertime or during the wintertime because they made sure they got the most billable hours for me. And during the summertime, I did governmental contracts. So like your city of mm-hmm. Indianapolis, um, you know, those financial statements. And so when I started my own business, one of our first contracts was actually the government side. And so that's how that started there. And then the business side, you know, the, the, you know, like I said, when you start doing taxes at 14, you get pretty good. Um, you know, Malcolm Gladwell says it takes 10,000 hours yeah. to become an expert. And I was like, you know, when most of my colleagues are graduating from college. I was already an expert, right? Because I have been doing it for 10 years. And so literally, um, you know, it was just talking to people, showing them I knew what they was doing and doing a great job. And they would come back year after year after year. Mm. Yeah. So today, uh, Suzanne, who do you work with? Um, tell, tell me about your company, your your team, uh, the clients that you get to work with. You know, now our main focus, we still do the tax side and the tax planning. Most of our clients are what we call high network taxation type of clients because I'm certified by the American Institute of Certified Tax Planners, which is a whole interesting topic in itself. But I also, you know, I am a certified profit first professional. And the story is really interesting because, you know, just like you guys that started businesses that you love, right? I loved accounting, right? And I loved accounting so much that I would have did it for free. Like, seriously, mm-hmm. I would geek out on tax returns and how we can find credits and how we can plan things and stuff like that. And literally three years into my business, literally, that's what I found. I was doing it for free, like literally doing it for free. Wow. Like I could have made more money if I just went back to my corporate job. It was that bad. Okay. And it was literally my husband sat me down like one Sunday night. He had my daughter on his hand. And, you know, it's really a bad thing when your spouse says, hey, honey, we need to sit down and we need to talk. Right. You know, something bad is going to happen. And he literally looked at me. He goes, you know what, Suzanne, I think you'll be better off if you just get a J-O-B. And he was absolutely right, you know, because at my last J-O-B, I had a 401k, right? Mm -hmm. I had a consistent paycheck. And literally, you know, I had more work-life balance because I was a manager at the time and I had people that were under me. And literally, you know, it broke my heart. But that was the realization that what I was doing couldn't stay that way. It just couldn't stay that way. And so that's really you know, a, a few months later, that's when I met Mike McCallowitz's book, Profit First. I literally yeah. was like crying in bed. Like, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you you know, know, it's interesting. I, I kind of was spending some time time looking at the reviews uh, for Profit First. And I, I was just looking at this one. This, um, I feel like a convert to a new religion after reading this book. <laughs> 
you know, it's an amazing, amazing, amazing concept. And I think every entrepreneur needs to do it. And what Profit First literally says is you pay yourself first, right? Too many Mm -hmm. of us, we literally, um, we're taught this accounting equation, revenue minus expenses equals profit. Yeah. And the problem with that equation is, you know, we're teaching our entrepreneurs, focus on sales, discount your prices. You're going to make it up in value, right? Sell, 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 sell to anybody, right? Anybody that's willing to buy and take a chance on your product, sell it, right? Even if you don't think it's the right bet. And then Mm -hmm. be responsible, pay off your expenses. You know, don't be part of the debt problem in America and a credit problem. And then naturally they feel that profit will follow. And that's the interesting thing is that it never works out like that. I can't tell you, Josh, how many people come into my office at the end of tax season. And they're like, you know, they're like shivering. You can tell they're literally shivering and they're like, so like, how much do I owe? <laughs> mm. And I'm like, you know, and, and I have conversations and I'm like, they're like, how much did I make? And I'm like, you don't know. You really don't know how much you owe. You really don't know how much you make. And this is entrepreneur after entrepreneur. And it's because profit is such a random thing. It's such a random thing that we think that if we work hard in America, then naturally profits will follow. And in Mike McCallett's book, Profit First, it literally teaches us, take your profit first, literally take your profit first. So, and how he does it is he does something called Parkinson's law. And what Parkinson's law teaches us is that we are efficient human beings, right? We are efficient. We use everything that's given to us, right? So like, if you go to the buffet, I'm gonna call it the golden corral because we have a lot of those in Texas. (laughs) I think Mm. they're all around the country. You know, you're going to see all these plates. You're going to see like these three rows of like main courses or breads, even, you know, (laughs) sides, everything that you can possibly want. And you're going to eat a whole lot. But now if you go to the order of dinner, right, because Josh invites you to the order of dinner, right, for his convention, then you're going to make a lot of different decisions, right? Because one, your plate is smaller and really you're going to eat less just because that plate is smaller, right, versus the golden corral. So really it's about using that supply and demand resources availability. And that's the same way businesses work, right? If you got one checking account where all your money is coming in, guess what? Every dime is available for new trucks, for new computers, for bigger office space, for more employees, right? And and literally you don't you can't control it, right? But what Profit First says is, you know what, you're gonna create an illusion of scarcity. And I call it an illusion, mm-hmm. like a magic trick. You're literally gonna create five different bank accounts. And each bank account has a designated purpose. So you have a bank account for profit which you're going to pay your profit first. You're going to transfer that in there. You're going to have a bank account for owner's pay because yes, as an owner, you need to pay yourself. Because like I was saying, I was crying in bed because mm. I was working so many hours yeah. as a tax accountant. My back literally ran out. But the problem was I wasn't paying myself so I couldn't hire somebody else to do the work. Okay, that was yeah. the problem back then. So you're going to pay yourself as an owner. So you're going to set up a separate bank account where you're going to transfer money into that account to pay yourself first. And then we're going to be responsible, right? We're going to have a tax account because at the end of the day, we drive the roads, you bought the Bugatti, you need to make sure you're reserving for taxes. Because if you've made the money, the tax man is going to come out and get you. It is not your accountant's fault. So we're going to create a bank account for taxes. So we're funding taxes to make sure that we can pay for all the obligations associated with this profit and owner's pay that we're making. And then the last bank account that we're going to have is an operating expense account. And literally whatever is put into the operating expenses account, that's all that you have to make financial decisions, right? That's all you have. So if you buy that big office space downtown, then you're not going to have the the money to hire the, the all-star team, right? Because your money's going towards rent or you're not going to have money to 
be able to purchase like the trucks, right? So you have to make decisions based on what's in that OPEX account. And of course, all the collections happen in a separate checking account called the income account, which then gets allocated to those different accounts by your purpose. So that's exactly how Profit First works. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, in, in my brain though, I'm like thinking, well, wait a minute, if there's not enough budget there to work with, right? It's, I'm, I'm just thinking of like, um, what do we do? I mean, Because you can't pay yourself. And if you're like, listen, if it's a matter of paying my employees or myself, yeah, I'd like to pay myself, but there are major consequences to me not paying my employees. Exactly. And that's why you budget within that, that operating expense account. So one of the things that I do with, with my clients is, you know, if we can predict, predict cash flows, and we usually can start to do that probably after a year of business or two years mm. of business, like literally we, we do like a month to month comparison of the profit and loss statement. So literally this is how you did in January. This is how you did in February. This is how you did in March. And we can start to predict what the cash flows are. So say if you're in a seasonal type of business, like mm-hmm. retail or even sometimes construction, right? Because, you know, during certain times of weather, you know, maybe if you're in Ohio, you don't want to be on a skyscraper, right? In the middle yeah. of January. So we have to be able to predict that cash flow. But literally we're able to now start to budget, you know, what are my, what are my non-negotiables that I know I have out there to be able to meet my obligations? Because obviously, even in my slow seasons, I don't want to fire my all team, my all my all star team, right? So I need to plan for that. And so what will happen is, you know, we'll literally create that budget in addition to the profit first accounts, where we'll say, you know, this is the amount that's going towards my payroll expenses. And a lot of times, mm-hmm. my clients will even set up separate bank accounts, even in, within the opex. Yeah. Account. For example, if they know that they train this convention once a year. They'll start to reserve for that during a year too with that. So that's to see if it's a, a very, very expensive convention. Yeah. What do we do when we have um, unexpected expenses that fall outside of our budget? You know, one of the great or, things. Or the reverse of that, of course, you know, for whatever reason, we have a really bad month sales wise. You know, that has been the story of COVID, right? Especially mm-hmm. like March 2020 when everybody had to shut down and go home, right? They just, you know, were wondering, you know, what happens now? The great thing about Profit First is we build something called the Vault account, which acts like retained earnings. So what happens is all throughout the month when you're making these transfers, right, you're building up that profit account. And then once at the end of the quarter, what's left over in the profit account, literally you take half of what's accumulated in the profit account, right? Mm -hmm. And you take that and you put that in a bank account that's far, far away. I'm talking like a community bank, one of those banks that like, like they don't even have internet banking, right? You have Mm -hmm. to drive all the way to the South side to get to, right? You know, like (laughs) super, super inconvenient, right? And by the way, that that proved to be really helpful during during the PPP loans where only the small banks are processing, you know, Um, for some strange reason, they had terrible internet banking, but they could process those applications for those SBA loans super quick. And um, so you want to put that money in the vault account far, far away from you. That's super inconvenient. And that's how you're going to build your retained earnings. Now, if you're just starting out on Profit First, you're right, Josh. You know, you are going to have that crunch in that unexpected event that something happens, right? And then again, that's where that feast or famine comes from because so many emergencies that we have, how many are really emergencies? How many are really emergencies or is it really just, so I just want this and I want that too, right? And Mm -hmm. so you're going to have to choose. You're literally going to have to choose what is more important to you at this particular time. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, and and I've you know shared this pretty frequently. I mean, if if you just don't have the financial leadership in your company, um, I think a lot of these things are going to come up and sneak up on you, and, and they're going to bite you in the rear end. If you've got financial leadership, if you've got a you know VCFO, if you've got someone that's you know they're looking out for the financial wellness of your company, you won't be surprised. You'll you'll have the foresight, and because of that financial leadership, you'll know exactly what your activity needs to be over the next 30, 60, 90 days, right? Because uh, the writing will be on the wall. Usually, um, you know, the the risk factor of not having that set aside might be a super high priority. And so, um, you know, while you'd like to pay yourself maybe $10,000 a month, maybe you're going to have to pay yourself $8,000 a month for, am I saying this right? And then take the $2,000 and kind of put it into that little nest egg so that you don't find yourself in a sticky situation where it's okay. Now, either you or the employees kind of situation. Yeah. And proper first is one of those things that you ease into, right? You mm-hmm. ease into it. You don't just jump into what we call target allocation percentages overnight, you know, because, um, if you go to SusanMariga.com, you know, as part of the book that we're, 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 we're launching on Tuesday, we actually have a table that shows like what a healthy company looks like in terms of mm. what we call common size percentages. So, you know, when you compare companies of different sizes, it's percentage of revenue. Like what does the profitability percentage look like in a small company versus a large $10 million plus company, right? And when you start profit first, you're usually not at those target allocations, right? And so what's going to happen is we usually make a quarter by quarter progressive train, right? Or trail. And maybe first quarter, if I've been running at a loss, which a lot of companies have, unfortunately, but if I've been running a loss, I'm going to start with just a 1% profit allocation, right? Just 1%. And then next quarter, I'm going to build it. I'm going to maybe make it 2%. And I'm just going to keep building it until I reach my target allocation percentages. So you're right, Josh, you're not going to just jump in. You know, you're going to literally make small changes in order to adapt to get to your goal. Congratulations on the imminent book here, Profit First for Minority business enterprises. I'm trying to think. Oh, is it uh, is it available now? It's available on Tuesday, May 25th. So mm-hmm. super excited right. about it. It is it is out by the time this podcast goes out. Good. And so you can get that. Um, you go to Susan Suzanne Morega. Uh, did I say that correctly? Dot com, and that's S U S A N N E M A R i g a dot com and of course just click on if you're listening to this podcast just click on the little info button the try to get where the notes are i've got a link directly to suzanne's website uh congratulations on the book launch and um on your website as well you have a free uh profit map which that would be a great thing uh to to kind of make sure you've got i mean if you don't have a vcfo uh, helping you out, um, you know, at least you could start making some headway here. Definitely. And also you can get it from Amazon or Barnes and Nobles too. Um, so definitely check that book out there too. That's awesome. All right, Suzanne Morega. Again, your website, SuzanneMorega.com, also MoregaCPA.com. Suzanne, anything else that folks should look for uh, if they've enjoyed this conversation, want to take that next step with you? 
Yeah. You know, I was just going to mention to Josh, you know, the book, you know, obviously Profit First for Minority Business Enterprises, it does have a minority focus, but <laughs> anybody can benefit from this book. Like I'll tell you, I think the readership has actually been more non-minorities <laughs> from yeah, the sure. feedback that I've gotten because it has an amazing tax section. And one of the things that I specialize in as a certified tax coach is building that worth through tax strategies. And like most of your accountants will tell you, go out and buy a truck, right? If you want to get your taxes down, they'll tell you, oh, you can get a section 179. I'm saying you can do a whole lot better than that. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what we're teaching in this book is how to build network through tax strategies. One of the things we cover, for example, maybe I'm going to look at my goals and maybe my goal is I want to increase profits. One of the way I'm going to do that is by increasing longevity in my employees, right? Because the longer my employees with me, the better they're going to get at their job, especially if they're an all-star a player, right? So I want to keep them because the more I keep them, the more they're going to shoot my profits up, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put together a 401k plan that is not your traditional safe harbor plan, right? And what it's going to happen in that plan is, you know what, for my employee to vest, right? Because I want to attract the A players that all the Fortune 500 companies are attracting. You got to stay with me for six years in order to fully vest in this plan. Mm-hmm. And if you want to fully vest in this plan, you know, if you stay with me for six years, you know, I'm going to reward you with having this full contribution that I've made for you in my profit share just for you. Now, if you leave me, right, if you leave me because you decided you can make a dollar an hour more someplace else, you know, good for you, sad for me, but guess what? You forfeit this 401k, right? You forfeit this profit share you've accumulated. So now what happens is it goes back into the trust. And guess what? In 20 years, when my company dissolves, if I'm the last one standing, it goes back to me. So in the meantime, all these years, I've gotten the deduction because you haven't been loyal. I actually have built my nest egg in my retirement. And so again, we're going to teach you strategies like how do you income shift? How do you hire your kids and income shift from your high bracket of 37% into that 0% bracket? Mm. And so again, these are things that are going to benefit you, even if you're not a minority. If you're in government contracting, right? If you're a minority-owned business, even if you're not, mm-hmm. even if you're a woman-owned business, some real golden nuggets because not all contracts are good contracts. Right. It's called the request for proposal process, right? Where you're literally bidding against your brother and sister to see who can get to the bottom of free, yeah. right? So the government right. can win. And obviously the process is not set up for you to win. And so literally in my book, I'm going to talk about how do we bid for contracts? What contracts are good contracts? And when do you walk away in this book? So definitely go with juicy nuggets, whether you're a minority or not, check this book out. <laughs> All right, Suzanne Morega, uh, your website again, SusanMorega.com. And uh, again, congratulations on the new book, Profit First for Minority Business.com uh, is the website. And it's uh, Profit First for Minority Business Enterprises. You can find it right on Amazon right now. Suzanne, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Josh. It's been so much fun talking with you. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence each month. We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? 
where we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.